Blog Talk Radio. On Tuesday nights, all we do is sports talk Atlanta. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with host Travis McGee and Jamel Johnson. And, by the way, we talk HBCU first. Then, we get you ready for all the sports news of the week around the world. We can't wait for you to stop by Never Had It So Good Sports Radio for the best sports show in America on Tuesday night. Let's go! Good evening, this is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Network and Radio. I am your host, Travis McGee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel John. Jamel, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing amazing, Travis. How are you tonight? Man, I don't even know where my emotions are right now, uh, Jamel, but I'm, I'm having a great time. Um uh, I just want to let all of our listeners know this is the last night for Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. We have brought seven great years, and it's coming to an end tonight. Uh, Jamel, we did our we did the proper thing. We put in our two week notice, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, just like at any. Other job, you know, any job that you're you're doing, you always put in a two week notice. This is a job. This is what we do. Uh, we are sports journalists. We sports broadcasters, whatever you want to call us, and uh, we are now departure or making our departure from never had it so good radio and sports talk Atlanta. It's been I, I mean, it's been a, a really good year for me. We've done a lot of good things on sports talk Atlanta. Uh, man, I mean, you obviously have been there for seven years, so I know that is a long time. Um, and I'm excited to see where this show takes us. Hey, man. <clears throat> uh, I, I can't, I'm going to tell everybody, you and everybody else that's listening, and I, I can't promise that I won't get emotional. So if I do, I just want you to just keep going. Um, but at the same time, yeah, man, it's been great stuff, man. And it was so good that when you stepped in, I think about a year ago, when you stepped in, it was just a smooth transition. Um, I didn't give the best training in the world, but you picked up so 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 good, uh, Jamel, and just, we just kept the ball running. So, um, uh, you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you just kept the ball rolling, and I just want to thank you for bringing us to this point. And, um, you know, just, you know, it's just been great. So we're going to have some good talks tonight. At the same time, um, you know, the talks that we have, I know it's going to be our last talks on, on sports. Um, never had it so good sports radio. Uh, I, before I get started, and I'm going to say it when we end, I want to thank our producer, Miss Princess Cooper. I want to thank her. Seven years ago, she gave me an opportunity, an opportunity that, that, that I did not see coming at all. wasn't on my radar. Didn't, you know, wish I was doing this and wish I was doing that. I mean, it was just um, uh, my co-host at that time was um, Mac Daniel, which was a a fellow teammate of mine at Morehouse College. We came together and we stayed together some time. And then um, I went by myself and, you know, we had some co-hosts over the years. I had uh, Bruce Prunty, Tim Turner, uh, 
Kevin Walker. I want to thank him because uh, when things broke down again, uh, Kevin came to the rescue, did a great job, and now Kevin has his own shows going. And, um, you know, then came along Mr. Jamel Johnson, which I would tell everybody, I have some brilliant interns, but I do want to let everybody know that uh, Mr. Jamel Johnson is a genius. And I say that with all heart, he is a genius. So I don't want to get too far along because, you know, we do have a show to do, and I want to get into that. But, again, I will say that at the end of my show that Miss Princess Cooper, a Spelmanite, went to Spelman, same um, uh, vicinity as Morehouse College, right across the street from Morehouse College, gave me the opportunity, and I thank her for that. Uh, Let's jump right into it, man. You know, we had black college baseball, uh, HBCU baseball last week, Jamel. It was, it was in Montgomery, Alabama. And we we gave out all the teams at that time that were participating at that time. And, um, Jamel, do you think there was a, a great result after that? Yeah, you're talking about the World Series, right? Yeah, the black college World Series. Black college World Series, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. we, we talked about it. We covered it in, in last show. Uh, but I think I think it really was was a really good showing. I mean, we had Edward Waters beat Savannah State uh, nine to five. Then we had in the NAIA we had Russ College beat Wiley College nine two. And we had Albany State uh, they beat Bluefield twelve two. Florida Memorial they beat Payne College twelve two. Um, and I think I think it was a really really good game. Or really really some really good games. Um, obviously, some of the later ones were kind of more blowouts, like 12-2, to two, both for Albany State, Bluefield State, and the Florida <laughs> Memorial and Payne College. What you call, what you uh, call but, it a blowout? <laughs> yeah, blow, blowouts. I mean, some, you know, in, in baseball it doesn't happen a lot. You know, baseball really at, at times you can sit there for hours and nobody scores a, a, a run. But a lot of times, sometimes when you have some really good offenses, um, you can get some, some players that can hit that hit that ball and, uh, it, can, it can go flying, and you know they can they can run in some, or they can bat in some runs. So uh, that I think that's what we saw here, even with uh, the earlier games with Edward Waters and Russ Collins, they both put up nine points, um, and then like I said later they put up twelve with Florida Memorial and Albany State. Uh, I'm not sure what we predicted each game was, but I think we pretty much got all of them pretty much. I think I might have missed, uh, might have missed. Was a Florida Memorial? I don't know. I, I think I got Florida Memorial right, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I have to listen yeah. to the, the last last week's show again to to confirm. But uh, I do think it was, a, it was some really good games, and I can't wait until the uh, is, is it the second round still, or is will there be a second round, or is that I think that's already it. Well, from what I know, you know they had the the, the first round, and then you have your well, that was the preliminaries, and then you have your um, you know, your your semifinals and your finals. Um, it was uh, May 10th through the 13th, so it, la- it lasted, uh, what was that, two, three days. But but my thing is for that to come up for HBCU baseball, that's just, you know, that's that's phenomenal. It's phenomenal, yeah. period. It's phenomenal. And, and, and it gives uh, our HBCU baseball a look. It gives uh, HBCU baseball uh, a chance when you're on campus and you might not play baseball, but you might want to play baseball. But you have that baseball ties when you were growing up and even through high school. 
but you know you might not have got recruited, and now you're at a school that has a baseball team. And hey, man, you can see how good they're doing. You say, hey, I want to try them out too. Um, you know, so uh, you know, for, for all of that to happen, you know, it was it was really good. I will say, uh, Albany State finished this season with a thirty and overall record. Man, they won a lot of games, man. And um, yeah, you know. Uh, you know, Savannah State was the number two seed. They were they were thirty three and twelve. Now both of those are in the SIAC. So, uh, needless to say, they dominated the SIAC. And you know, uh, and, you know, in this World Series was presented by Tyson Foods. Uh, so that 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 was just you know I just wanted to bring it to the uh, to the forefront and. You know, to to let everybody know that baseball still is alive in HBCU sports, and, and you know, uh, if next year, uh, if you can ever catch a game, please, please, without a doubt, go and catch a, a HBCU baseball game. Uh, period. You also had yeah. uh, Tuskegee and Bowie State was in the NCAA Division II softball regionals uh, over the weekend, also, and. Bowie State was thirty-five and fourteen, and you know, um, for them to be ranked that high, which is very, very good, you got an automatic berth uh, into that, into the into the NCAA Division Two uh, softball uh, tournament. Uh, we don't know too much on how they did. You know, you don't get too much information on. Baseball, I mean, or softball or baseball, but uh, but who we stay in to even get into the game, man, to get into the fourteen was just phenomenal. Of course, uh, Bowie State was the CIAA champion and SIAC champion, or runner-up was Tuskegee, and both of them earned a berth. Now I'm sure they earned a berth because of their their winning. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, you know they won a lot of games, and um, you know they're the Tuskegee was the fourth seed going into the South Region. They played Tampa, Tampa University. Tampa University was forty and three. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you know they're forty and three, so. You know, here we go again with the HBCUs having to play the top seed in anything that we do. So, um, shout out to Bowie State, shout out to Tuskegee uh, softball team. Uh, the Prairie View A&M Lady Panthers claimed the 2023 SWAC Women's Outdoor Track and Field Championship on Saturday. So they had some, uh, they had a really good year this year. Prairie View A&M, they beat um, you know um, all of the teams in the outdoor track. In the SWAC, uh, Spring yeah. Hill, yeah, Spring Hill College baseball team, they uh, came up as the SIAC baseball champions as they defeated Savannah State eleven to two in the twenty twenty three cricket SIAC baseball championship tournament final um, uh, on Sunday. So uh, we want to give a shout out to Spring Hill. Now Spring Hill, we don't hear too much about them because they don't have a football team, and I'm I'm not sure if they have a basketball team. A really really good baseball program, as you can see. Um, 
you know, uh, and, and Savannah State was in that um, um, the Black College World Series there in Montgomery, and they were the runner-up. You know, Savannah State was runner-up. So, you know, there's a lot of good baseball going on that that uh, is not in mainstream that you might not hear about, but it's a lot of good baseball going on. And, you know, I don't yeah, know you, about you. You got to um, do your research, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you, Jamel, but are you a, pretty much a good baseball fan? I like I, I like baseball. I like watching uh, Major League Baseball and everything. Went to a Braves game last year. I don't get the privilege to go to all of them. Uh, I, I really wish I would because it's a really good experience going to a baseball game. Sometimes it, it the uh, there's a lot of downtime. It, it seems um, you know in between hits and in between runs, stuff in between innings and all that. But for the most part, uh, if you're looking for just like a just a really nice chill. Uh, sporting experience, baseball is really the way to go. And, well, I mean, and, and uh, HBCU, like I said, it's not mainstream, and you really do have to do your research. I mean, because even for the shows, uh, when we talk about baseball and I write the script, I have to, I have to research, you know, do a lot of research uh, to, to figure out what the records are because it's not, it's not something that's just, you know, in your face all the time. Uh, but it's, it's still really, really well um, they're still really good because they, these players are still really, really good. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, these HBC baseball players, some of the top baseball players in the country, uh, in, in collegiate sports. But for the most part, um, I think that HBCU baseball, like having the black college world series and, um, stuff like that, because it's very hard for, cause there's a regular college world series, um, with, that comprises all of the, the, the teams and everything like that and tournaments and, and stuff like that. But obviously it's hard for HBCU teams to get there because we're always playing the top seed, no matter how good our record is, you know, we're always playing a, a top seed. But well, uh, I think having a black college world series is really good because it takes the spotlight off of other, you know, it takes the spotlight off of, Oh, you know, Albany state got to play, the top seed, you know, I don't know, Alabama or something like that. If the Alabama the top seed in baseball, you know, they got to play the top seed Alabama. Um, it just depends. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Black College World Series is a great is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, again, like you said, I think they get short checks because it is HBCU, but a lot of HBCUs have a lot of great talent that we do not see. I will say. Um, right now, in in the SWAC, the top seed in the East is Alabama State. The top seed in the West is Grambling. So once they wrap that up, man, um, one if not two of those will be going to the College World Series for Division One. And hey, like you just said, man, we're gonna have to play the top seed of whoever's out there in that category. But again, we're gonna continue to keep our hopes up. Because one of these old years, one of those top seeds are going to make a mistake. And when they make that mistake, it's going to be all over. <laughs> it's going to be all over. Yeah. Um, I think that might be it that's really hot right now in Everybody's, you know, taking grad, uh, finals or they're graduating. So, you know, pretty much HBCU sports is really ending um, besides baseball. Uh, you might have some track 
uh, still going after this week, but everything else is pretty much shut down. Every, everything yeah, is pretty much. There's a lot of uh, HBCU graduations going on. So I believe family graduations in three to four days. I know a couple of people graduating from there. Um, so, you know, definitely will be hopefully in attendance to that. Um, but HBCU graduation, I love HBCU graduation. But also in sports news, I do want to talk about Eddie George because he is heading back to the NFL. Um, he was a Tennessee he, he was a Tennessee State coach, but now he will be joining the Chicago Bears along with Florida State assistant Randy Shannon as well as Bill uh or as Bill Wash Diversity Fellows, something like that. I don't know what yeah. position that is. But yeah, so Eddie yeah. George he's going back. He's gonna chance to um have another coaching experience in, in the NFL. Um and then at Tennessee he went nine and thirteen overall and uh, he was five and six in league play. So, you know, not the best at Tennessee State, but I think he had some ups and he he had some ups uh, as well as some downs. But I think uh I think going back to the NFL would be really good for him. Be a really good experience. He was there before. Um and I think this is gonna be better a better turnout for him as well. So Hey man, congratulations to Eddie George, man. He did take him to the Super Bowl, although although they did not win it. But, you know, he was a very good player and a very good guy from what I've seen. Um, hey man, uh, congratulations to him and other young man that's going to to Bear Nation. I mean Tennessee Titan Nation, I'm sorry, Bears. It's the Bears, right? Yeah, Chicago, Chicago. He was yeah. at Tennessee State. Yeah. I know, but he's going to Chicago Bears. Yeah, he's going to Chicago Bears. Though. Yeah. So when he was with the Tennessee Titans, he was, you know, he was, he took them to the Super Bowl. I watched that one. You know, we get the L.A. Rams. They couldn't pull it out, but that was a close game all the way down to the last thirty seconds, man. I mean, just a very close game. Again, uh, good luck and shout out to him. Hey, man, he did a very good job at Tennessee State, so I think that's what they, you know, wanted him. And at the same time, man, I'm still going to be. Uh, a fighter for Tennessee State, they get their $500 million that they were shortchanged of, um, from the federal government sending that Tennessee for them to give out the money. And, uh, and over the years, it totaled to the tune of $500 million that's owed to them. And the state of Tennessee wants to drag their feet on giving it to them. Hey, man, they should be at the site. With $500 million, if you go ahead and give them their budget, that should put them in I'm not I'm not talking out of my head. That should put them in there with a ten, University of Tennessee. We're talking yeah. five hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah. To go to a sports program at a college, at a university. Oh my God, man. You know, and I'm sure it's because of the color of their skin, but that's okay. You know, they're going to get their money. They're going to get it. Sooner or later, they're going to get it because there's a lot of stuff going on in the state of Tennessee, especially when they just had that mass shooting in Nashville and those two young brothers that went to HBCUs were standing up for the Tennessee, uh, uh, you know, the, for the gun law. That should, be, that should be obtained there, and they're dragging their feet again, um, again. Thank you, Mr. Eddie George, for the great job that you did at our HBCU called Tennessee State University. Hey, look at this, man. Yeah. Let's come back. What's hot? What is hot is NBA playoffs. What is hot is who's in the finals. Oh, my God, nobody saw these finals coming up, man. Let's talk about that when we come back. This is Sports Talk Atlanta. 
on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. We'll be right back. When I was in the NFL, I would use towels similar to dry towel, but they were made out of cotton, so they weren't as effective. So what happens is you have to change the towel probably two or three times a game. The absorption rate is greater than any cotton towel you ever see on the market. What I love about the dry towel is that it absorbs sweat and moisture so well that you don't really have to change it throughout the course of a game, not three or four like I used to use on the course of a game to keep everything dry and intact. Also, for you guys who wear mouthpieces, little pocket for your mouthpiece so you don't have to stick it in your helmet, you don't have to keep track of it. You know in the course of a game your hands are going to get dirty, you're going to get dirty. You don't want to put your, your mouthpiece in your hands a whole lot so it's a nice little pocket. After the play, you put it there, right before you walk up to the line of scrimmage, you grab it back, bam, it's right there. I used to like to wipe my hands off so I wouldn't fumble the football, um, you know, to make sure my grip was straight. This would have been perfect. Everything is sealed. Everything is right here on my right-hand side, easily accessible. I can grab it, pop it in. I'm done. And we're back. This is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. I want to let all of our listeners know that this is our last show on this network. We've had a great run. I'm going to let everybody know that I can and that this is the last show. And, hey, man, it's just been great for a seven-year run. Um, Jamel has created, well, uh, a segment, and it was called um, – they, uh, well, the armchair quarterback that went for college and pro, top five quarterbacks that week. He was talked about it in HBCU world, major college world, and in professional world, uh, which was a very good segment. So, uh, Jamel, I want to again thank you for all of your hard work. Hey, now let's jump into this, this, this finals that we have in the NBA. We have starting tonight, we have the Denver Nuggets going against the Los Angeles Lakers. We also have the Boston Celtics going up against the Miami Heat. Jamel, mm-hmm. when you counted my man out, LeBron James, and look at where he's at now. Yeah. How are we going to talk? How are we going to talk now, Jamel? I mean, you know, they're always going to find something else to talk about. They're always going to find something to, to dog on him about. But, I mean, the, his his longevity speaks for itself, how he's still playing at a high level um, and how he's still able to get to back to the Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals time after time after time. I mean, no matter what team he goes on, uh, that team is instantly a contender. And, I mean, you see it how after he leaves the team, that team that he was on instantly, you know, their value just diminishes in the league, which shows how good of a player LeBron is and what the value LeBron brought to the table was. Uh, This year, I mean, what he's 38 years old, and he's still scoring at the highest of the high, you know what I'm saying, like 30 points a game still, uh, 28.9 to be exact. But he's still playing like he's 21, 22 years old um, with that fire and that energy. He never lost that step. Obviously, 
you get hit a lot over the years. You get hit a lot, and um, it's going to weigh on you. You know, I see – I mean, you can see it in LeBron still um, to this day. I mean, he'll get, you know, go for a layup from time time to time, and then he'll go down, and, you know, he might need a second to get up. But when he get up, he's, you know, he's just fine. He just needs that second uh, to catch his breath, and he's just fine. He's back at it. So um, we still see him do all of that stuff today, and we've seen it in the playoffs. This year he broke the record for uh, most points in – NBA history, uh, you know, it was, it was held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, none other than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, it was also never really in the GOAT conversation at also, uh, but that, that's, a, you know, a topic for another day. But uh, LeBron James now is basically just, you know, he's on Mount Rushmore. He's chasing another ring. Um, I think he will get get that that next ring that he, he's seeking for. Um, and, you know, th- this playoff is just really, really good, so. Hey man, real quick, Luka Doncic, seven one. Am I right? Seven two. Luke Luka Doncic. Uh, the, or you the, the center, the center for Nikola. You talking about Nikola Jokic? Okay, I'm sorry, wrong person. Everybody, please yeah, yeah. excuse me. You're right. Don, Doncic is Mavericks. You're right, right. <laughs> I got them mixed up. <laughs> I got them mixed up. I, Hey, people, I'm just going to call it what it was. It was a brain fart, so excuse me. <laughs> hey, man, he's 7'2", am I correct? Yeah. Hey, man, he can pass. He runs the floor. He can dribble all the way down the floor. He doesn't have to pass when he dribbles. Pull up, shoot a jumper, three, get down in the paint, the whole nine. The whole nine. Yeah. Keep in mind, he's been playing at the professional level since he was what fourteen. He overseas. He was playing. You know, they what? got uh, they got the the league where you can go in really, really, really young. Right. So professional is professional. He's been playing there since he was fourteen, and and it shows in his play. Yeah. Ever since he's been in the league, he's been phenomenal because he's been playing at the professional level since he was fourteen. I say that to say. It's not going to be a cakewalk for the Lakers, and the Lakers know that. But Anthony Davis, man, we can't have any downtime. We can't take any plays off. Can't take any plays off because, you know, he's going to come with it. (coughs) His game is like a 6'2 guard. His game is like a 6'2 guard. But, you know, so I, I say that, hey, man, Anthony Davis is going to have to work hard. You know, not saying that it can't be done. Um, I'm just a LeBron fan, a a LeBron fan no matter where he goes because of his work ethic, just because of his work ethic. All the other stuff, you know, all of that's great. But the hard work that he puts into his body on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis is phenomenal. And like I said, I start keeping up with him when he was a junior in high school. When he start, when he start uh, driving that uh, that Hummer to school with those fantastic rims on them, and his mother took over. I mean, and then he is the reason why you have to do a year in college because they were mad because he was coming straight out of high school, straight to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. So I want all of that unfold, 
and I've been a fan of his ever since, man, and he's, he's nothing but, you know, a class act. I get the argument that they try to make, but, you know, I get it. I don't understand why we got to continue to do that with uh, particularly our African-American athletes. I don't understand that, but it is what it is. Everybody wants number one. But let's put it like this, and then we're going to end that conversation, and we're going to keep going. And that is who has the scoring title in NBA history, Jamel? Uh, none other than LeBron James. So, but you didn't say Michael Jordan. You said LeBron James. Yeah. Nothing Nothing else need be said. That's it. <laughs> it's written. It's etched in stone, and he's in the finals once again. All of the haters might as well start hating, you know, Um because at the beginning of this year, particularly before the All-Star break, oh, I don't think they're going to do it. Oh, there it's over. Oh, he's too old. Oh, he's good, but he passed too much. Oh, oh I mean, we heard it all. That's why you can't predict the future, man. You know, you, you, you could prepare for the future, like get your education and things of that nature and do the right thing, pay your bills on time so your credit can be good and blah, 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 whatever it takes to prepare for the future. But you can't really predict the future because you don't know what's going to happen. So um, that's that game. Yeah, I do, I do want to just say, say one more thing about LeBron. There's also the, there was also the argument, you know, when LeBron was still in the East that uh, he couldn't win in the West. There was always the argument that, uh, LeBron was, you know, he was fine in the East. He could win in the East. The East was so much more or less talented than the West. The West had all these great players, uh, Steph Curry, Kevin uh, Durant, obviously, um, and then, you know, Klay Thompson, the, the Golden State Warriors during the time, uh, Russell Westbrook, they had all these really good players. But then he goes to the East, to the West with the Lakers, and then now he's gotten, first off, he's during the bubble, he won his fourth championship in the bubble. And then now he's back in the Western Conference Finals um, after he they got a team together around him. They rebuilt the they basically rebuilt the entire roster at the the midpoint or the midway point of the season. Um, yeah, and the, then they the, they rebuilt it on the fly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They rebuilt it on the fly. Yeah, I mean they weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs, and for them to be the seventh seed and or you know the seventh seed competing for a play-in uh, spot. And then they ended up winning that game against OKC. That just shows you how that that team just completely turned around when they added those pieces. D'Angelo Russell, um, he's been really really good for them. They added those pieces to to the team, and they absolutely just did a complete 180. They they were spiraling. They were talking about next season for the Lakers. What's going What's going to happen for the Lakers next season? They were basically writing this season off. And, you know, the the front office said, you know what, not so fast. We think we got a really good team here. We just got to, you know, make some make some moves. And then they did they did exactly that. And then now they're back in the Western Conference Finals uh, once again facing the number one seed, Denver Nuggets. And, I mean, it's very unfortunate for the teams that do play the Lakers because they're not a true seven seed. I really do not believe that they're a true seven seed. I believe talent-wise they're, four, they're, they're top four seed at least, maybe even three. 
but that's what that's what you know Golden State when you look at Golden State that's why they have such a tough time because the Lakers aren't a true seven seed. Um, obviously, Golden State is Golden State, and there's the debates on if the, the dynasty is over or not. But we'll get to that. But like I said, I don't think the Lakers are a true seven seed. The Lakers, just like the Heat, I feel like in the in the in the East, the Heat are a true seven seed. They have Jimmy Butler, and they are a really really good defensive team. And when they're clicking, they're clicking. And if they can stop yeah. you and then score, there's really no no stopping them. Uh, so you know, I think like I said. Lakers, they're not a true seven seed. I think that's what's been able to get them this far, and I think they really have a good chance against the, the Denver Nuggets. Hey, man. I remember it vividly because I, just like LeBron, I'm a Shaq fan. To me, Shaq is just, just, just it to me, you know. But when he left Orlando and he went out to, to, to the Lakers, the first time that they won the the the, the, the NBA title with Kobe yeah. and the rest of the team, they went in as the number four seed. Yeah. And man, when they man when it was tip off and playoffs, man, they were kicking tail and taking names. Yeah. I'm talking. They <laughs> said I remember that too. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they went in as the number four seed for the so. For the Lakers to go in as the number seven seed, and didn't they have a play? Didn't they go in as, with a play-in game? The one did this year? Yeah, this year. Yeah, I believe they. I believe it was OKC that they did, and then OKC when OKC lost, they had to go uh, play. I believe whoever was the uh, eight seed this year. Uh, right, right. It was Minnesota. What, Minnesota, they, they had to went, play Minnesota. They went yeah. into the play-in game, and now they're in the finals. <laughs> yeah. I believe, and I believe this is the farthest a play. Well, obviously the Heat as well in the East, but these right. two teams are the farthest the, the, a play-in team has ever been, has ever got. And the play-in, exactly. with the play-in, they, they created the play-in because they wanted to make this kind of underdog narrative to where, okay, these teams, they, you know, there was seven through ten, they're not guaranteed a spot. They still got to fight for their spot. Uh, you know, right. regular season, regular season out the window. These teams still got to fight for their spot. So they're trying to make make that underdog narrative and have them to kind of have some momentum going into that first round. Um, I think that I think it honestly really helped the Lakers because um, they didn't really play all that well against OKC, and you could see it, uh, especially Anthony Davis. He made some key shots down the stretch, but right. they didn't play for the most part. They should have been. They should have. They should have uh, mopped the floor with OKC, to be honest. They really should have mopped the floor with OKC, uh, but they didn't. And when they, you know, you could really see, like, you know, we, we could have we, we played much better, and they knew that. And going into the next season, or going into the next uh, series of Memphis, they was on it from start, from jump. They was on it. And, you know, I think, I think that's really what helped them, and they've just been riding that momentum ever since. Hey, Amen. Again, they're in the finals right now, and nobody saw it coming. And I am so glad that, that they, even even it, even if they don't get past the, the finals and, and don't get in the finals, I'm still going to be, you know, still always rooting for LeBron James. And if they do get in, and he can, you know, continue his success to when his son, his son's going to play one year with USC. I already know that. And then he, he gets into the league. I just want LeBron still there. But we can continue to see the greatness. The greatness that he brings to the game. He doesn't bring he doesn't cheat the game. 
You know, he doesn't cheat the game. And, 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 you know, he has so many positiveness. I don't see how you can bring up his negatives. But that's just me. Let's go over to the Miami Heat Boston Celtics series. Today, the Philadelphia 76ers fired Doc Rivers, who had the MVP on his team. In the last three minutes of the game on Sunday, the MVP did not touch the basketball. What is that all about? You said in the last three minutes? Yeah. Embiid didn't touch the basketball. I mean, they had, they had already lost at that point. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, you got the MVP, man. Let's try something, you know. Let's, you know, I, I get what you're saying, and that's and I get it wholeheartedly. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if it, it deserves his firing, but you know, when I saw Budenholzer uh, get fired by the Milwaukee Bucks, I guess it was just like a trickle down. It was like, I don't care who you are, if we don't get to the finals, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the way it seems. Yeah, it definitely does seem like that with uh, Doc Rivers. I feel like Doc Rivers, because Doc Rivers does have a history of losing in the playoffs, especially in the elimination games, um, especially right in game stop right, seven. Stop right there, Jamel. Jamel, stop right there. Have you heard me say that about another coach in football? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you have. <laughs> it's another coach. I'm not going to say his name right now because it's not football season, but he, I will say this. It's in the it's in the state of California. <laughs> and say that again, what you just said, please, for for the listening audience. Yeah, so Doc Rivers has a history of losing in the playoffs in elimination oh. games and game sevens. Uh, oh. I believe that there's there's a stat out there saying that his. Uh, his game six record, he's been to 16 game sixes, and his game six record is six and ten. So he's lost 10, 10 game sixes, uh, which is not not good, especially if you're, you know, one of the, I mean, Doc Rivers won a championship with the Lakers. And that, you know, if you're looking at one of the best coaches, I mean, Doc Rivers, I believe, is one of the best coaches ever coached in the NBA. But right. at the same time, uh, it's not, he has a you know. He has yeah. a history. Exactly. Excuse and, me, he won with the six, Sixers. I mean, yeah, not Sixers, Boston Celtics. Yeah, he, he won one and Budenholzer won one. Budenholzer used to be with the Atlanta Hawks. They got rid of him because they didn't want to pay him. He went to Milwaukee exactly. and put a, put a team together, and he won it. I think he should come back to the, to Atlanta. Y'all need to find some money. This is just me talking. You need to find some money and bring him back because he can't. He does know how to win. Um, You know, he just lost that. You know, it, 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 there's a lot of things going on with the Bucks anyway, man. Um, at the same time, I think that I, I just don't want to put Doc Rivers in the same bucket with the the, the football coach that you, you know I've already talked about. But it looked like I might have to, you know. Yeah. I mean, all, all of this getting to the finals and getting to the semifinals and then looking for a way to lose the game, man, is not cutting it. Yeah. And we give you, we give, hey, man, he had the MVP. How do you lose? Do you yeah, lose? I mean, 
I mean, I think I think a lot of it also still. Um, I think Doc Rivers. A lot of the blame does fall on Doc Rivers for losing yeah. that game right. seven, especially that bad. Because I mean, after halftime, the game was I believe it was tied fifty five fifty five, and then Tatum got hot. Tatum scored about fifteen twenty points like right out of halftime, and it was all Tatum. Um, and yeah. Doc Rivers didn't call a timeout. He didn't make an adjustment. He didn't do anything. He was just you know hoping that you know the on court kind of adjustments would happen themselves and uh, they would – the players themselves would kind of figure out what's working, what's not, and then do it themselves. Uh, but as a coach, you can't do that. When somebody's getting hot, you got to call timeout. you gotta, you got to stop them. you got to put a stop to what's going on because if not, it could get out of hand. Uh, Doc Rivers did not oh. do that. He let it get out of hand. And then that's, you know, just fell where they made or where they, where they did. But I believe that some of the blame does fall on the players as well, like Joel Embiid and James Harden, uh, because 5 for 18 being the MVP, that's not going to cut it in a game seven. 3 for 11, James Harden being a former MVP, uh, that's not going to cut it either. So, I mean, the, the, your two superstars are going, I mean, a combined, I can't even do the math right now, but eight points, you know, I mean, not eight points, eight field goals. Um, that's what they got. They got you what, 24 points together combined, that's not going to cut it in the game seven. And when you got Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey both playing way better than both of them, you know, that's something that you, that, that you really just can't have. Um, I believe yeah. Joel Embiid, I mean, he was in the press conference talking about that James Harden and, and himself can't do it themselves, which was blatantly false because, like I said, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey both had more points than them. P.J. Tucker even had more points, points than James Harden. Um, so it's it's, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that you have your MVP saying that about the team because, you know, the team is supposed to win together. The team is supposed to come together and win, find ways to win. Right. And when you don't, right. you're still supposed to band together, counting your brothers, um, and, and uplift your brothers and talking to, to the media and everything. And he didn't do that. Um, so, you know, it, 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 I, there's sometimes, I think that sometimes you got to come to a, a or the, the, I think a time kind of has to change. The shift has to change in, in Philadelphia because this kind of this thing right now, um, what they've been doing for these last couple of years has just not been working. And I think some, some pieces do have to get moved. They're talking about James Harden probably going to go back to Houston, uh, which it might happen, it might not. But uh, I think, you know, I do think you still build around Joel Embiid because that is the future still. He's um, obviously the best player in the NBA, one of the MVP. But, uh, you know, I still think, you know, there's some, there's some people that do have to get moved. Now, when you said that they had two MVPs on the, t- on the, on, on the floor, Embiid and James Harden, I, was a, I, I became a, a James Harden fan as a scorer when he was with Oklahoma City, when he was with OKC. Then my favorite one was, man, when they traded him to Houston, he got a $20 million signing bonus from them. Twenty yeah. million. Dollars. I'm going. Okay, this guy here, man. They believe in him a whole lot, man. He's going to do great things. And over the years, man, I've seen him score 60, 50, 40, 30, 30, 40, 50, 60 points in a game. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's going to really do it. But then again, here we go again. He chokes. You know, come. You know, come crucial time when yeah. we really need. You, you you choke, man. What happened to them forty games, them forty point games? Exactly. So, you know, you know uh, that's what makes me really feel 
some kind of way about him, man. You know, it's like it's like I'm almost tired of seeing him get in the playoffs because we already know what the end's gonna be. Yeah. You know, he's a tremendous talent. I love seeing him play. But at some point, here we go, man. He's not gonna he's not he doesn't have that killer instinct to just put the game away, doesn't care who's on the other team, just do your job and let's move on. He doesn't have it. And I get tired of seeing that from him. Now, Boston man, here we are, they're back in the playoffs. Because I thought they were gonna not be there because of the way they did Udaka, the head coach last last year over the summer. Um you know, just that whole situation was just, let's say, not good. But I'm I'm just going to go on the big picture. Had they had him, I still think they would be here now. Um, and I would – but then Miami has a guy on the team named Jimmy Butler. And this guy is just – he plays every down or every play like it's his last play. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's always coming at it, man. He's like an energizer bunny, man. He just don't stop. And that's what's guy – man, he was like that when he was in Chicago. And I don't know why they yeah, got rid was. of him. You know, I don't know why they got rid of him, Jamal. I mean, yeah, I mean, everything he – huh? Maybe it was money. I mean, Maybe yeah, I mean – Around that time, that's when the Bulls kind of did a rebuild. They got rid of Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler. Uh, I'm not sure if Joaquin Noah was still on the team, but that era of the Bulls kind of came to an end around that time. Jimmy Butler went to the Timberwolves. Uh, after that, I believe Derrick Rose went to the Knicks. Joaquin bounced around from team to team. Um, and, you know, Jimmy Butler, he's been on since then. He's been on Timberwolves, 76ers, and Heat. Uh, he's been on Heat for the past four years. So, uh, every team he goes on, he, you know, is just pretty much a, a, a contender because Jimmy Butler, what I like about Jimmy Butler is, you know, he'll have, you know, okay regular season. His regular season will be um, – it's not like he'll be bad in the regular season or anything. He'll still be producing about 19, 20, 21 points. He'll be in that threshold. But when you get to the playoffs, he's always – he emerges to a superstar. He always is like, you know what, you know, y'all can have a regular season in the playoffs. You know, call me. I'll be there, and I'll I'll be able to show right. it for you. And he, I mean, he shows up every game, and that's what that's what a superstar does. That's what that's what distinguishes superstars from stars in the league. A superstar exactly. is a player that you know is going to be able to rely on you, or that you're going to be able to rely on every game in the playoffs, or every every game period. But when you get to the playoffs, that's when it matters. That's when you're trying to fight for the big picture. That's when you're trying to get to the Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, the, the finals, and win that championship, um, actually contend for, for an NBA championship. Because that's the big picture. That's what everybody's playing for. Um, that's why with, you know, Joel and B, James Harden, you know, not showing up in game seven, you know, it was it was a bummer for the Sixers, for everybody pretty much. You know what I mean? We thought we were going to get a really good game seven between the number two seed and number three seed, and we did. We, did. we got it for the first – 24 minutes of the game, uh, which was first quarter, second quarter. And then third quarter, fourth quarter, it was just a complete blowout. Jason Tatum, he is a superstar. You can rely on him to come through in a game seven when you need. He scored 51 points in a game seven, broke the record. That was just previously set by another superstar, Steph Curry, who scored 50 points in a game seven against Sacramento. Steph Curry, you can rely on him to score uh, at will pretty much. You can he, If he's open, he's getting a good look. 
you know, he, he's going to shoot that, and it's probably it's more, more than likely going to go in. I feel like he got 90% chance going in if, if it's an open shot. Uh, LeBron James, he's a superstar. Nikola Jokic, he's a superstar. Uh, you got these, these players in the league that you know you're going to be able to rely on, regardless of how their regular season went or how games one through four went. When it gets to the elimination games, they're always going to be there. They're always going to make sure that you guys have a chance to win. So, You said a whole lot, man. You said some great stuff, man, because, again, it's the difference between a star and a superstar, period. And Miami Heat organization, is a good, I think, is a good organization. Uh, I think the Boston Celtics is a good organization. I think the Lakers are a good organization. So I think you've got four good organizations that are in there. I think Denver's a good organization. Uh, but Denver, Denver came around these last five years. They came around, you know, they, because they was in there the first uh, and, and lost in the first round, and they were the number one seed at one time. So, you know, uh, for them to be here, I think that's good for them. I don't think they'll win it, but uh, I think it's good for them to be where they are. Uh, over in the East, I think that, uh, oh, man, that's going to be a good one, man, between Miami Heat and the Celtics. My God, that's going to be a good one. But I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler, man, because of his tenacity, his tenacity to want to win. And that doesn't mean that the Celtics don't want to win because that got smart, man. With him dyeing his hair green every night, man, that you know, that tells you right there, man, he wants to win. Uh, yeah. yeah, he wants to win. Um, I, I like I – like, you know, I like that Heat Laker matchup for the finals, man, coast to coast. I like that coast to yeah. coast, like. Oh, and the, and the Boston Laker will be coast to coast, and the Boston Laker will be another uh, old series between Magic Johnson and 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 Larry Bird series back back again. You know. Yeah, I mean the the Lakers Celtics series that that rivalry actually started back in the 60s when Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain were going out. Wilt Chamberlain actually was on the 76ers at first, and then he went yeah. to the Lakers because he wanted to win a championship. Yeah, I believe he had won one championship with the with the Philadelphia 76ers, and, you know, he wanted to he wanted to win it all because Wilt was the best player in the league at that time, and he wanted to win it all. He wanted to do way more than, uh, I believe, what, what he the Sixers could could do for him, and he signed a really really good contract. I believe it was the highest contract at the time, um, signing with the with the Lakers. And obviously, you know, it was about a hundred thousand back then because the the salaries in the NBA weren't you know the big big two hundred two hundred fifty million salaries that they have now. Uh, but you know, I mean, he uh, he him going to the Lakers and then they won in, in seventy two. Um, so I think that it. it, it it started back then. It started back then between the Lakers uh, and the Celtics, and then obviously uh, it was kind of relived again with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, um, and then with Kobe uh, during the the two thousand or two thousand tens, and um, or the latter part of two thousand and then two thousand tens, and then it was obviously him, and then going against Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Kevin Garnett. Uh, that was and, and Paul Gasol was on the other team. Uh, what's his name? Metal World Peace, who was before um, I forget his name. Uh, Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Now he's Metal World Peace. 
Uh, right. So those are those are some really good series, and I think this. I mean, this now. Uh, if the Celtics and Lakers were to get back to the, to the championship, it would be another. It would be LeBron, AD versus Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, and I believe I believe that that will be. I think the Heat have a good chance, but I think the Celtics really have a, a better chance too, as well, because I believe Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. That duo is the best duo um, I've seen in the NBA for a long time. Uh, they have their their two superstars in the exact same team, and their team their chemistry between each other is absolutely amazing because they know how to work off each other. They know if one player is having, you know, okay game, kind of bad game maybe, they know how to lift them up. And then, you know, it just – dynamic just completely shifts. They know which player needs to have the ball at certain times in the game. Jason Tatum probably needs to have the ball down the stretch, but Jalen Brown, you know, during the middle of the game, the course of the game, he can probably get you 20, 25 and then give it to Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum is going to make the clutch shot. Both of those players, they know how to they know how to work each other. They know how to work off each other, and I believe they're the best backcourt in the league right now because of that. Um, and Jason yeah. Tatum, he hasn't had the best league, or he not league. He hasn't had the best uh, playoff uh, performances this season. This these playoffs, he's had some off games. He's been about maybe forty, sixty, uh, sixty being him having good games, forty being mediocre or bad games. I believe he. I mean this. Uh, two games ago in game six, he went five for 21, but he had a really strong fourth quarter. Uh, but he was about 0 for 11 at halftime, I mean, which you can't, well, you can't do. But somehow the Celtics, because they're deaf and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Brogdon, and, and Derek White, they were still in it. And that's, that's one of the big things about the Celtics and one of the things why I believe they will win. I believe Jason Tatum is now uh, back in his mode. I believe he's back in his mode. He, he can taste it again because they were there. They were – in the finals last year, losing the Golden, Golden State. Um, they were so close. They were so close to winning. Uh, Jason Tatum was so close to winning his first championship, him and Jalen Brown. Uh, so I believe that he can now taste that again. He can taste that feeling. And you being this close, you don't want to – you do not want to squander that chance to be able to win that championship because you'll never forgive yourself. you never forgive yourself for not capitalizing on that opportunity. And Jason Tatum, I believe he has that fire um, and that will to be able to do that, and I think he will. Hey, man, right now, right now as we speak, right now, if you lived in Philadelphia, what are you thinking about your sports teams? The Eagles just lost in the Super Bowl. You just had the 76ers with the MVP and uh, advancing to the NBA Finals. You got the Phillies right behind your Atlanta Braves right now. What are you thinking? I mean, if I'm a Philly fan, obviously it's been – kind of disappointing over these past couple of years. Um, none of the teams have really been doing that well. Let's just go the last six months because the Super Bowl was in February. This is May. Well, we're talking four months. In a four-month span, you see your team come up short in big games. Yeah, I mean, in big games. I mean, I think I, Philadelphia is such a – their city – is so vibrant. They love their sports teams. They love – I mean, everybody is a fan of everything. They love exactly. their sports teams. They oh, love yeah. their sports teams. I mean, you, oh, yeah. yeah, you watch oh, yeah. you you watch uh, Eagles games, stadiums packed out. You watch Sixers games, stadiums packed out. Phillies games, stadiums packed out. Uh, <laughs> so I think 
you know, they, they love their they love their teams and that's what that's what a team that's what a city should do, uh, regardless of how well your team is performing, you should always be supporting them. Uh, because that support can help a, a team get to the championship or get to that big game uh, to where you're competing for a championship. I think it's that the like the the six or the fans are the twelfth man. The city is the twelfth man um, in terms of the uh, in terms of football. They're the sixth man in terms of uh, basketball. Uh, so I believe that. That, that that is a true phenomenon in, in sports that play, uh, teams and their their cities can help them reach the, the the big game. I think that Philadelphia shouldn't really panic too much. You just fired your head coach in uh, in basketball and football. You just got a, the, way better. They got so much better drafting all those Georgia players for that defense. Um, and then on offense, you still have Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, uh, and, and Devontae Smith going at it still. Um, I believe that they're they're really good in all of their sports still. They just have some things to figure out to get to that over that hump because they're right at the hump. They, I mean, they're right there. I believe, yeah. I believe in all of this, they're right there. Uh, the Phillies, they're tied with the Marlins right now um, in the East, the NL East, and the Braves, obviously, six games ahead of both of them. Uh, but in baseball, it's still pretty early. And in Philadelphia, I believe they got to the second round last year, and they beat us in the, the wow. first round. So, I mean, wow. still, I mean, I, they, they Philadelphia is always in every sport. They're always competing each year. They always compete each year. They're just, you know, one missing piece or one missing one game, um, one play away from getting to that big game, to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals or back to the Super Bowl. Or back yeah. to the NL uh, National League, uh, was it National League Conference Finals? You know whatever yeah. uh, I, I the, forget the, what it's called. The, they call it the pennant. The pennant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So I mean, I I believe that they're, that they're going to be all right. Um, and you know, it's just, like I said, just just keep keep having hope, keep having faith, and then everything is going to work out just fine. Yeah. Hey, look at this, man. We got about two minutes left on our last show here at Sports Talk Atlanta. I just want to give a shout-out to all of the people that made this show a success, man, particularly, again, with uh, starting with my producer, Miss Princess Cooper. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you for uh, creating a way for us to create. I think that's very good in anything. Um, you know, you gave us that leeway, you know, starting with our the songs that we played before, the show comes on, you gave me and Jamel, you know, you know, you were like, hey, man, you guys need to come up with a song, uh, some kind of introduction, you know, so you gave us that create, uh, that you created a way for us to create, and I thank you for that. Uh, all the people that have been on my show, man, over the seven years, man, starting with, uh, hey, man, we've had, oh, this is strong, and I'm the only man that never went to college, played in the NFL Super Bowl. Uh, we've had Sam Mitchell, the NBA uh, Coach of the Year, uh, I mean, there's been several, man, college coaches, APCU coaches, uh, just just all across the board, man. And I want to thank everybody that made this a success, man, for us here at Sports Talk Atlanta. Um, Jamel, you got anything, man, you want to say on our way out? I mean, yeah, I just really loved having this opportunity to be on Never Had It So Good Radio. It's been a blessing. It's been an honor for me 
especially being a young, expiring sports journalist, uh, myself still in still in high or not high school, still in college. Uh, myself, I've been had the opportunity to be on this show and go to a couple media days here and there, interview a lot of great people. We've had a lot of great guests on the show. Um, yeah. But I mean, I've, this is, has been a great opportunity, and it's really expanded my um, portfolio as well. I have a lot of stuff to put on my resume for when I, you know, apply for those big jobs when I get out of out of college, you know, going going down the line. So I just want to also thank Princess Cooper for giving me the opportunity as well, um, being a great kind of mentor to me, navigating the whole thing as well. So I'm also want to thank Travis as well for giving me this opportunity to be the co-host on the show. Um, you know, he called me up, you know, watched my YouTube channel, said that he liked it, and, um, you know, that he needed a co-host. So, you know, I took the opportunity. We kind of ran with it, and we've been going strong ever since. He's been doing it for six more years than I have, but, uh, you know, he has a lot more, a uh, bigger foundation in it. But, um, yeah, I'm just really, really happy to have gotten this opportunity, and um, I can't wait for the next chapter of this show, Sports Talk Atlanta, uh, or whatever it's going to be called next, but especially stay tuned um, to all our social media, Twitter, Sports Talk ATL1, Instagram, Sports Talk Atlanta, Facebook, Sports Talk Atlanta. Atlanta. If there's going to be any changes, you will see them first, um, and you don't want to miss those changes because they're going to be big. They are going to be big. We have some stuff that we're cooking up, um, and, you know, I think that is going to be really, really good, and you guys are going to love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know what else to say. I just you know, I've had a lot of fun. Um, I, I think the most memorable before we go, I know we're limited on time before we go, the radio rows that we went to and the Super Bowl that we went to uh, in the past. And I was glad that I could expose you to the SIC Media Day. And, you know, um, that was really good. And the, and the Celebration Bowl, we had a fun Celebration Bowl, not only the radio row, but the, the, just the whole the week of the Celebration Bowl, and we were able to uh, interview uh, Tariq Cohen, who was a who was an MVP of the Celebration Bowl. And you said it yourself uh, that you never thought you'd meet him, and that made me feel really good that I did something. Uh, you know, so and I, I want to give a shout out to our interns that we have right now: Miss Sierra Hereford from Los Angeles, California, and Mr. Kevin Williams from Chicago, Illinois. I want to thank them for their hard work and the hard work that's uh, that's going to be before them. Uh, again, all of the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and, uh, and radio family, I learned from everybody that was there, everybody that's on the thread, everybody that's in the family, everybody. And like I said, the quiet ones and the not-so-quiet ones, <laughs> you're going to have that in any business. And, and I learn from people. I'm a, I'm a learner. I check people out, and I learn not, uh, from every word that comes out of their mouth, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I learn from that. I am a learner. And um, like I said, good, bad, or ugly, if a word comes out of your mouth, I'm going to learn from it. And and that's what I did. Um, and we're here. Here we are. So all of us here at Sports Talk Atlanta, I want to say goodbye, and I want to say to all people, you know, keep your head up, look to the sky, trust God, and, um, you know, keep balling. We'll talk at Atlanta. Goodbye. On Tuesday nights, 
all we do is Sports Talk Atlanta. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with host Travis McGee and Jamel Johnson. And, by the way, we talk HBCU first. Then we get you ready for all the sports news of the week around the world. We can't wait for you to stop by Never Had It So Good Sports Radio for the best sports show in America on Tuesday night. Let's go!